If you don't know me, I'm Pastor Luke. If I haven't met you, Pastor Mark and Nadine are away enjoying some time off from a busy season of ministry. Uh, so uh, they're resting well, even though he was texting me last night. So I told him to quit texting me and start resting. So anyway, uh, we started a series two weeks ago. If you haven't heard of it, it's called The Pursuit. Um, we're talking about spiritual maturity, and we want to go back to the basics. So the idea is is to start at the very beginning of some of these spiritual disciplines and just talk through them. Last week we did scripture. This week we're going to talk about one of my favorite subjects, which is prayer. Um, as we prayed for the, our missionaries today, as we talk about prayer, as Ryan did a pastoral prayer. It's amazing to me that God wants to even listen to me, that he wants to hear me, that he even wants to have a conversation with me. I can't begin to tell you the prayers that God has answered um, off the top of my head in the last probably two days, three days. I can tell you people in our congregation who have had prayers answered that things, some are major, some are minor, um, but our God does answer prayers. And I know this firsthand because I think sometimes we ask prayer, what difference does it make? That's the kind of question of today. And for Kelsey and I, if you've known us any time at all, you know that uh, as the Frasers, we're a medical family. And what I mean by that is we use lots of medical services. We are not doctors. Um, My wife has had an autoimmune disorder since she was in high school. Um, My kids love the stollery. Let's just put it that way. Um, Costco always gets me every time I walk out, and they're like, would you like to buy one more Stollery balloon at the checkout? Well, yes, because my kids will need care. Um, The amazing part for us, though, is the things we've seen God do through it. So when Kelsey and I uh, had Jackson, after she had Jackson, she had a really bad reaction. Um, Her autoimmune disorder really ramped up. And so we got to the point where we're almost to the last resort. So the last resort before the next step was she was on this nasty chemo drug called methotrexate, and uh, she'd get to inject herself with it to try to get her body to calm down. But then there was this drug that came out, and it was what's called a biologic, which means that it takes the DNA and kind of modifies it a little. And that, in the U.S., if you know anything about U.S. healthcare, that's that drug was about five grand a pop. And a pop for us means once a month at least. So we were blessed by some good insurance and some really good employers, and uh, they helped us through that. And as we got through that, where things were good. But then we started praying about where God would have us go next, and that was here, to Canada. I thought it was going to be Calgary for my beloved flames, but last I have to live in oiler town. But Ryan's slightly trying to convince me that I will become an oiler someday. Um, So we move here, and Kelsey's pregnant with Cooper. And we're like, okay, you know, get to have free baby. It'll be great, right? We move here, and then she has Cooper And then she doesn't seem to have any of these other symptoms. But we're still, like, hardcore on this. We're going to find this medicine because we knew what happened last time, right? You go to the Canadian doctors, and they say, well, it's available, but not really. Like, there's this secret underground program, and da-da-da, and you got to have all these requirements and stuff. So Kelsey goes in, and so we're praying, you know, we want this medicine. We have tons of people praying with us. 
we go in, we run all these tests, and the doctor goes, I can't find, I can't get a positive antibody test on you anymore. And we're like, okay, what does that mean? Well, we think you just are down to having, like, just arthritis. And so we, being skeptical, said, yeah, whatever. These Canadian doctors don't know what they're talking about. So we got in the car and we drove to the States. And we paid a doctor a large amount of money to run the exact same test and came back with the exact same result. And the reason why I share this story with you is we were praying for one thing, but God delivered another, right? He delivered my wife, who now can spend time in the sun as she walks in here. Uh, She has more energy to run the children's program. And through that, it wasn't necessarily the fact that I, you know, we would have been happy with the medicine solution, but God's solution was much bigger through prayer. So I share that with you because that's just one of the things that God has done in our lives. Um, Medically, there are many other things before we moved here. I spent a week and a half at Mayo Clinic with a preliminary diagnosis of MS um, through different neurological issues and things like that. It's still there, but it hasn't gone anywhere. And so for us, we're just very thankful and understand that prayer works. So I shared that with you because this morning we're going to talk about three points. What is prayer as we go back to the basics? Prayer, what's the definition? What, how do I even pray? Some people, you might be saying here, how do we pray? How do we even talk about that? And the question is, does prayer matter? So on the front of your bulletin, it says, the question I want you to keep in the back of your mind that we'll answer at the end. What difference does prayer make? But before we begin, let's ask God to open our hearts through prayer this morning. Lord, we are just thankful. We are just grateful for who you are. We're thankful for the blessings you give us, the things that we don't even deserve, that the things you're doing that we don't even know about, Lord. We praise you for your grace and mercy as uh, we just adore you, Lord. We do confess that we are human. We, we fall, we struggle, we sin, Lord. May you forgive us, may we uh, seek you, and may you encourage us and help us be stronger, and may we remember that we need to have a relationship and a prayer life with you to overcome some of these things, Lord. We intercede for others as well, Lord, uh, such as our, our missionaries who are here today, or those who we know who have just gotten out of the hospital, who are now home, and uh, your mission around the world, Lord. We are thankful we are not persecuted, but we do know that there are many who are. So, Lord, we intercede for those today. We just give this to you in Christ's name. Amen. So, as we begin this morning, what is prayer? Well, prayer is defined in the Evangelical Dictionary as, it is by prayer that we make contact with God. It is likewise through prayer that God communicates with us. So, it's a two-way street here. It's you communicating to God and how God talks to you. Richard Foster wrote a book called Celebration of Discipline, and he talks about different disciplines in our spiritual lives. And he wrote, to pray is to change. Prayer is the central avenue God uses to transform us. In prayer, real prayer, we begin to think God's thoughts after him, 
to desire the things he desires, to love the things he loves, and to will the things he wills. As followers of Christ today, we want to have a deep relationship with God, and that has to be done through prayer. It's when our will falls away that God's will comes in us and is revealed. So you might be asking then, okay, what is the purpose? If God already knows all these things, and, but he wants a relationship with us, what is the purpose? Philip Yancey said it this way, the main purpose of prayer is not to make life easier which I think sometimes we get caught up in. We're like, if I just pray about this, life will be so much easier. Nor is it to gain magical powers, but to know God. And I think sometimes we put God in this little Aladdin genie thing, and if I just rub it enough or I pray enough, you know, I might get something or what I want will happen. Prayer is how we communicate to God, but God also communicates back to you through changing your heart. A lot of people have or have seen the phrase, prayer changes things, right? I like to put it in a different context. I like to think that it's better represented that prayer changes you as God, as you know God more. So the prayers that you pray and the things God communicates to you changes you. So we know what prayer, we know the definition of prayer. But how do I even begin to pray, maybe? The Lord's Prayer in Matthew 6 is a concept here to teach us how to pray. Jesus says, starting in Matthew, in verse 5, he says, We see Jesus makes mention that you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand in the synagogues at the street corners, and they may be seen by others. Prayer is not something you should be noticed for doing. Prayer is something, where is your heart? You know, as we pray, check your heart motivation. Keep that as we talk about how to pray. And Jesus responds by saying, Truly I say to you, they've received their rewards. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door. Pray to your Father who is in secret, as your Father who sees the secret will reward you. We want God's, not man's, reward. As we begin to talk about how to pray in verses 7 and 8, Jesus is instructing that we shouldn't give empty words or phrases. God is always ready to listen, but he, he's not being manipulated by you. He knows the things, and it's just foolish because the Father is aware of all your needs. So if you th- in thinking of how to pray, think these two concepts. Though God already knows, we should not hesitate to ask. Jesus' disciples don't pray to give them information, but they express their desires, their needs, their dependence upon God. A long continued prayer isn't wrong either, because we also see that Jesus prayed through the whole night in Luke 6.12. He also commanded in the parable of the uh, perseverance of the widow in Luke 18, and repeated the same prayer request to the Father in the garden in Matthew 26. We need to remember that prayer is about changing us and our character and our values. So how do we pray? In your bulletin today, I've given you kind of a little model. A lot of people call it ACTS. You've probably seen it if you've been around the, the Christian realm any time at all. Um, and on here it's changed. Um, in, in seminary, I had a professor named Dr. David Early and... Uh, he is a guy who taught me everything I knew about, I know about prayer. 
And uh, he taught me that you take the Acts model and you kind of change it. And you change it to tax, and here's why. You rework it because then we start by thanking and praising God first instead of trying to just give all of our junk, right? Um, First, um, that you take that time and get your heart right. And the reason why we think about the acts or tax model is in Thanksgiving, you have plenty of reasons to be thankful. And I think sometimes we forget that. God for his love, his faithfulness, his patience, a million other things. Thank Jesus for dying on the cross for you. You have reasons to adore him. Tell God how much you appreciate him. Express your love, his praise of his power and majesty. In confession, tell him that you have fallen short. Be specific. Are you willing to have those conversations with God? And supplication, are you willing to intercess with others? Those are just such important things as you learn how to pray. And there are many different ways, and we'll talk about a few later um, as well, but this is kind of a model for you. So you may be asking, what's the practical here? Where do I pray? When do I pray? Well, we can turn to 1 Thessalonians, and it says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of Christ Jesus for you. Are you really willing to pray without ceasing throughout your day. Maybe you're saying to me, I can't do that, or I don't even know how to pray, like I close my eyes and I fall asleep, no matter whether it's sitting in church or sitting in my bed. Well, maybe you need a chair. Some people put a chair in front of them and have a chair for them and have a conversation with Jesus. They have a literal, they just have this back and forth so that it allows them to understand this idea of prayer in this kind of two-way conversation. One thing I think is vitally important, however it designs for you, is uh, Matthew chapter 6, verse 6, where we talk about a prayer room. And it might look different for you. Maybe your prayer room is out in nature. Maybe, uh, you know, you have a favorite spot where you want to go pray and be in solitude alone. Maybe it's a special place in your house Maybe it's your camper trailer, I don't know, whatever it might be. But I think it's very important. And so I'm going to show you a clip from a Christian movie, and I know Christian movies tend to be cheesy, and I know that if you know me long enough, you know I love every single one of them, and I cry at most of them. But you're just going to have to bear with me, because I think it provides a great kind of illustration of the power of a prayer room. Now this is where I do my fighting. A closet. I call it my war room. So, so you wrote prayers for each area of your life? A prayer strategy. Yes. Now, I used to do what you and your husband are doing, but it got me nowhere. And then I really started studying what the scriptures say. 
And God showed me that it wasn't my job to do the heavy lifting. No, that was something that only he could do. It was my job to seek him, to trust him, and to stand on his word. Miss Clara, I've never seen anything like this. And I admire it. I really do. I just, I don't have time to pray that much every day. But you apparently have time to fight losing battles with your husband. Elizabeth, if you will give me one hour a week, I can teach you how to fight the right way with the right weapons. The idea that we fight the right way with the right weapons, the idea that you have a place that you're continually communing with God, what is that? What does that look like for you? Maybe you're asking the third question, does prayer matter? It does, because God does the heavy lifting for you. That's what I like about that clip is that I think so often we get stuck where we're like, I got this plan, I got this is how it's going to go. We forget to pray and we try to lift that thing and it doesn't work. Or something didn't happen or we're upset or we're struggling. It might be that, you know, you're anxious about something. There's no way out of a bad situation. Maybe you just need to understand God's will. But that's where prayer comes in. In, uh, in this book, Prayer, Timeless Secret of High Impact Leaders, Dave Early talks about that prayer is omnipresent. It's unlimited. Prayer is the determining factor we pray, the more we pray, the more God does. And he even says, I don't know how this works, but, you know, through his years of ministry and life, he's just seen it. Maybe the prayer just provides you a fresh perspective. You can't find, you're just up against a roadblock for some reason. Nothing great has ever happened apart from prayer. And I think this is a key point. Prayer is our greatest spiritual weapon. For we often forget that our struggle is not against the flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of, of even in the heavenly realms. And Ephesians tells us this. Even Jesus knew this was going to be hard and knew that you would need prayer. Luke 18.1 says, Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. A lot of scholars coin this verse as either pray or quit. So either decide that you're going to be in prayer and you're going to be walking in that close relationship with God or just quit, give up. You're not going to be able to do it under your own strength. Jesus even taught us that he knew the relentless rigors of high-octane ministry where we would burn out if we did not develop a prayer life. In that video clip, you also say the, you see the other thing that the lady says is she goes, I don't have an hour to pray. We often say we're too busy not to pray. And I used to, you know, personally I used to use this one, especially when I was in seminary. Um, I'm like, I got all these classes, I don't have time, which is ironic to me. Um, that uh, I'm studying about God and I don't have time. Um, 
So one of the things I, I was blessed with, Dr. Early said to me, is he said, you're too busy not to pray, and God will stretch that time for you. So then Kelsey used to call me from work and be like, are you praying for more time? Because it has been like an hour, and it should be five, and I want to go home. And I'm like, well, yeah, kind of, I have this paper, and you know. But it's just you're too busy not to pray. Jesus viewed prayer as a secret source of spiritual strength, the reservoir of real refreshment. Even when he was busy, he was never too busy to pray. Prayer matters, as as it is our way to communicate with God and for him to communicate with us. There are three assumptions if you are going to pray, though, that Yancey tells us, that we have to understand that God exists, that God is capable of hearing our prayers, and that God cares, actually cares about your prayers. Each of these understandings brings us to a place where we understand a loving God wants to communicate with you. Even Paul understood this. Because think of these prayers that Paul prayed. He wanted a deepening faith in Christ, a love for God, a growing appreciation in Ephesians 3. He knew that he needed armor against satanic attack in Ephesians 6. The effective word of God, also in Ephesians 6. And the the Christian is enjoy prayer and thanksgiving in Philippians 4. On the front of your your, uh, bulletin is a Colossians 2 verse, which I think is very appropriate for thinking about prayer. It says, continue steadfastly in prayer being watchful in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray for us. So Paul knew, pray for us. He's asking for it, that God may open us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on the account of which I am in prison, that I may make it clear, which is how I ought to speak. Scholars say that the kind of prayer we see here, clearly Paul addresses the obstacles and difficulties, but he also addresses the joy. His joy comes from God, not the circumstances of life. And prayer provides that inner peace, right? So back to the original question on the front of your bulletin, what difference does prayer make? Maybe you're here today and you say it doesn't. In my life, I have prayed so many things and nothing has worked out. What does that mean? Well, maybe think of it this way. Prayer makes you in tune to God. As you spend more time, he intunes with you, you in tune with him, you do his will. What is he asking for? Maybe it's not the answer you're looking for. Maybe you prayed for God's will in your life and God says, you know what? I want you to do this for your life. You're an American, I'm going to make you move to Canada. People are going to think you're like from Texas instead and, you know. There's all these things that don't work out right. I don't know, I still don't know what a billet is and, you know, all those kinds of things. Maybe he just wants to change your heart on something. And I think the reason why prayer makes a difference, not only does God show you this, but it's because you're going to do it all on your own if you don't pray. And that's kind of the practical when we get down to practice, there's many prayer models you can go by. Um, this book, which is one of my favorites, is called Prayer Odyssey. 
There's 31, they call it 31 flavors of prayer, of different types of prayer through the Bible. Um, So I gave you a model just so you kind of knew an idea of how to pray, but there are many other um, examples we find. And I think ultimately for me, prayer, remember that God is powerful and that he is faithful for you, period. It is by prayer that we make we make contact with God. It is likewise through prayer that God communicates with us. God is at work. He is faithful, but you need to communicate with him. Are you willing to get down on your knees and just bare your soul to him? As we close this morning, whether you're a believer or you're just checking us out, if you're checking us out, I'd love to have a conversation with you about who this Jesus is. If you've been a believer, check your prayer life. How is it? Are you too busy not to pray? Is it important to you? Are there things that you're bumping up against that you just can't get past? And as I finish, we're going to watch one more clip, and then you can tease me after service that it's cheesy, um, about that God is powerful and that you need prayer in your life. He did. Well, what did he say? Oh, sweet Jesus. Oh, Lord. Oh, oh. See, I told you, Elizabeth. I told you that God would fight for you. Oh, Jesus. All right, baby, I'll talk to you soon. <laughs> oh, <laughs> devil. You just got your butt kicked. My God is faithful. And my God is powerful. And my God is in charge. You can't fire him and he'll never retire. Thank you, Jesus. Glory. Hallelujah.